Annapolis Center. Do you have any test operation restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. Ninety percent of these sightings can be explained, but ten percent cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the Pousset, as the kids say on the streets of Paris. Girls, get ready. Sit yourselves down. Start fanning yourselves immediately. Get your mister. Get your uh, Windex. Get your squeegee in your lube. Because very famous Juan Juan is here. Hey, girls. Hey, Mac. Thank you for having me on the show again tonight. By the way, what's the Windex for? They bought a little time slot on the show, so. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> Alternate uses. You clean your glasses or something. Clean, a mon- <laughs> clean the monitor. Yeah. Alternate uses of Windex. Glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere, as a matter of fact. And well, yes. welcome everybody to uh, tonight's show. It's going to be great. He, fro- the pond. he froze up a little bit there with emotion. What's going on over there in uh, England? Is it dull as uh, Well, we just dull. finished a bank holiday. You know, it was Memorial Day over in Europe. Play. Yeah, they have more holidays. Bank holiday, so I asked around. What's the holiday? I mean, usually the bank holiday commemorates something, you know, mm-hmm. Father's Day, Mother's Day, something, you know, whatever. Yes. And it, everybody looked at me like, it's just a bank holiday. That's it's just all. A, we, we have you know, a bunch of them throughout the year. Just, you you know, stupid yank. It's just a dumb way for us well, to take a day off. That's all. So we'll, we'll dig this. We got some holidays coming up here in America. <laughs> First one, 17th of June, Bunker Hill Day. Right. All right. Free ice cream. Fourth of July, Independence Day. We kicked your ass. Well, we kicked we your ass. We our independence. Yep, right. And I've got my American bunting hung up. Uh, it'll be hung up shortly to prove it. It's my decorating my cottage with American flag wow. bunting. Wow. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if anything happens from the uh, pub down the street. Yeah. Hopefully they're not listening Probably to not. the show. Okay. Could give a shit. So, uh, JJ, when you're walking down the street, do you sing "I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy"? I'm a. <laughs> No, no, I don't. I don't really advertise myself as being American, but all I have to do is open my mouth and people say, hey, you American? You probably shouldn't want to identify yourself as a doodle dandy either, okay? no matter what country you're in. But let's move on. No cocoa tonight. Milf's Gills and Gigi Gills out saving the country, if not the world. However, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Wood, is with us down there in, uh, let's say, Friday, West Virginia. Switchy. What, West Virginia? You know. Friday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm poached. I, I'm, I'm Googling that one. Yeah, I'm running out. Of... Uh, I'm doing very well. I'm okay. beyond wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right. The, tonight is your night, right? You realize that? Absolutely. A lot of it is about John Kill, your hero. 
fellow Killians are going to be on the Killians, show. really? Is that where we are with this? All right. Uh, why don't we introduce our security chief, Willie Club? Willie. Hey, Mac. Hi, gang. Great to be here tonight. Hello, Club. Good to see you. Feel it in the air with the uh, guests we got Hello. coming. I'm pretty excited about it and pretty happy to see that uh, Switchy's dressed up for it, too. He got dressed. Yes, he did. Oh, he's got that hairpiece scented perfectly. Right. Tonight. Well, he it's had a press. Awesome. It's his good night. Job. It, right. I, I, I spent a lot of time uh, centering that. Mm-hmm. I can uh, see. And it's very secure with double-sided duct tape. We appreciate and I put on that. a clean shirt. Good for yeah, you. Yes. Yeah, it's, yes. A, it's a first. I, th- I thought his shirt was one of those T-shirts that looks like a tuxedo, but not. No? Uh, I don't think so. He's showing it to me. And uh, do I really want to know what it says? All night feature. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You don't wear that out, do you? Uh, occasionally. <laughs> okay. uh, All right. Sure, the chase. You know, yes. That'd be kind of dressy down there, wouldn't it? Yeah. Usually, I just wear a raincoat. That's why he had the. I thought he had the tuxedo shirt on. Also, <laughs> he goes commando with just the raincoat. Well, just you know, in case uh, you know thunderstorm. <laughs> You're right, cat. Dig it. Dig it. <laughs> there's, there's a joke there, but I ain't going anywhere near it. Uncle Al, <laughs> the kitty's pal, is here in the studio with us. Uh, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. What are you drinking there tonight, neighbor? Uh, I'm drinking uh, Gansett. Oh. Narragansett Lager oh. Beer. It's another Gansett. Narragansett. Another Gansett. From Narragansett, uh, Rhode Island. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to steal that from my father when I was, yeah. you know, four or five years old. Also. What was the slogan back in the day when Narragansett was popular and was. Uh, hey, hey, neighbor, have a Gansett. Hi, neighbor. Have Are you a making oh, yeah. fun of hey, me? Neighbor. No, I'm making fun of her. You remember that commercial? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah, those are good. The cartoon during the Red Sox game. Yeah, like they, yep. those would get on these days, right? <clears throat> well, listen, it's time to calm down because our favorite good witch is here up there in Sideways. Yeah, Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Okay. Slightly different look tonight, but I should tell everyone it's definitely a bun night, right? Bun night? It's it's a half up, half down bun night mm. uh, because I didn't wash my hair. So this is the best I could do with short notice. Uh, okay. <laughs> not like in short notice. I know every week. but Maybe TMI, uh, but okay. All right. Yeah, I know that not washing hair actually... Uh, Makes you look more attractive. What do you no, want drinking? Even, I know how it you does. feel. I, I'm having good. a half up, half down night myself. Me too. I noticed it's that. It was really good, Club. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, well, he got it's some other things that are down. You know, trying to hang on, hang down. on. Listen, <laughs> he got some color in his face on Sunday. Yeah, he did. I did. Right? I yes. got uh, some kind of uh, burn from sitting out on Max's deck, <laughs> yeah. and all those bees flying around. Yeah, there's one bee flying around. He's copying. Cop- weren't even bees. They call them. Uh, carpenter bees. Carpenter bees, yeah. Oh, I have carpenter bees. They're so cute. Uh, every time I put so, my laundry out on the line, yes. they fly around me, and I try to I hold my hand out to see if one of them will just land in my hand. Oh, they'll land, oh, and, and then they'll bite you. He was running around all day I, with a yeah. I had a fly, I had a fly to get them. Yeah. Yeah. Really? was running I around trying to yeah. I was trying to kill it real big, real bad. So, yeah, in between all that and a lot of drinking and eye drinks, Nice day, beautiful day. We just, you know, it was Sunday and Memorial Day weekend. Just nice. It was really nice. Yeah, it was hot, but, you know, could have been 90. Anyway, uh, so um, let's go to, oh, Raven. So who's on tonight? Who's on the show tonight? Yes, so we do have Barbara and Morgana. 
Am I saying Morga- that right, Switch? Morgana. Morgana. I, okay. I, I, had, I had quite a learning curve learning how to pronounce it Morgana. So. Okay. Morgana. Uh, yeah. And they are um, the uh, hosts of Six Degrees of John Keel. Um, so that should be super fun. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yep. That um, has a podcast, in case anyone is wondering. Uh, John Keel is he's one of my favorite writers. Not that I read a whole lot of them, but uh, one of the first paranormal books I read, probably the first one I read, was just one day picked up the Mothman prophecies in, uh, you know, in maybe like a yard sale or something, a used bookstore, and read it. And I says, "Wow, this is good because this is this guy can actually kind of write, and he's talking about all these weird things, and he seemed pretty on the ball." So John, and then he's in Switch. It turns out that he's Switch's hero. I mean, how many books did he write? Do you know Switch? Oh, I don't know, uh, six or eight. But then there's a lot of collections of his. Uh, Articles yes, that he's right. written over the years and things right. like Saga, True, Argosy, UFO Report. Yeah, yeah, all those old uh, things. And, yeah. and various men's magazines. Now, back in those days, men's magazines weren't, in, you know, girly magazines. They were they were like guys going out hunting and killing Bambi and having adventures and, you know, really tough dudes that smoked cigarettes yeah, sounds and good. drank yeah. booze and kicked uh, took men's us. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Men's magazines just say men. And they were plentiful. I mean, that was the. I mean, Brad Steiger used to talk about how you could uh, make a good living selling articles in those days to those kinds of magazines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they'd pay you. You know, back then they might pay you twenty-five to fifty bucks, and that wasn't bad back in the fifties. That was really those are nice paycheck for a writer. But anyway, so uh, he's your hero as well, which we know that. So, as it turns out, we we don't have a top ten list tonight. Thanks to last week's controversy. <laughs> hey, what a what a great night! Yeah. Last week we replaced it by a top twenty list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a top twenty. How about that club? Now we have a uh, true and false about John Keel for Switchy. Okay, is that what Ooh. it is, right? Oh, hey, that's that's what you sent me. Okay. Uh, top ten true or false for Switch. Oh, I'm reading the email. Okay. Sorry. Awesome. Uh, yeah, John Keel trivia true or false? Okay. And, and what's the what's the cash prize? Of course, that's five thousand dollars as, as always. You can return next week for the show. There you go. What's uh, either or uh, switchy? I'm having a pedicure okay. next next week, uh-huh. same time. Okay. <laughs> so he has an excuse if he loses. Okay, so why don't we just do it right now? So this is ten true or false questions about John Keel for Switchy, please. Right. Right. Start the music. Um. Okay, so we're actually going to start by asking Club a trivia question. Uh, Club, can you name Switchy's three cats? Uh, Minnie, Moe, and Mike. Wow, we got it. Amazing. (laughs) Wow, you're really close. Okay. Uh, Switch, what is is it? Just name the three cats for us, please. Keel, Rosie, and Willis. Keel. Rosie and Willis. Okay. All right. So now, uh, all right, here we go. Ten true or false questions right. about John Keel for Switchy. Please, Raven, number 10. Number 10, true or false. Keel once published an article titled, Are You a Repressed Sex Fiend? John Keel once, yes or no, true or false, once published an article called, Are You a Sex Fiend? Yes, back in the early days when he hit New York and Greenwich Village, he would uh, he, he would he would uh, have these provocative titles just to sell articles and get attention. Yeah. This is long before he got into his uh, 
you know, intense UFO research and mm -hmm. everything. Very good question. Yeah. Is that how you got interested in them, Switch? Well, yeah. you know, I, I was uh, curious as is if I was a repressed sex fiend. I've always tried to deal with my toxic masculinity. Really? Yes. Okay. You know, you know yes. what Coco always You're says? saying that John Keel basically invented clickbait. Really? Well, he, he uh, you know, it was perfect for the tabloids. <laughs> yes. he, could, he could write for anything. Yeah, yeah. Funny. That's funny. Uh, I was going to say, what Coco usually says is, once you dig in a hole, stop. Climb <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, All so right. anyway, here we go. Number, Number nine. Ready? Number nine. True or false? Keel hated cats so much, he invented cat traps, which were essentially very large mouse traps and just as effective. I'm going to say <laughs> False. That would be my answer, too. I actually don't have any of the answers, Mac. You didn't send me any of the answers. Why I'm would just, I do that? I'm just reading what you said. He might have, but I, I don't, don't remember reading any references. That's there, actually so. false. That's false. Please. Okay. Number I don't eight, know what please. that was. That's Mac. No, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, Mac listen. just slipped yeah. that in there. He's Mac, like, LOL. Hang hey, down. Like calm down. Calm. Man, I'm getting closer to that cash bonus now. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight. Uh, true or false? Keel wrote scripts for the TV show... The monkeys. Kale wrote scripts for the TV show The Monkeys. Ah, uh, he wrote scripts for a lot of TV shows. I'm going to say false on that. I don't think he wrote for The Monkeys. Actually, he did. He wrote for oh, The Monkeys. He did. And get really? smart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote for Lost in Space. Lost in he Space. Wrote, uh, yeah, he wrote about four lips for Murray Griffin, but I never, never uh, knew that he wrote uh, scripts <clears throat> for The Monkeys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Be funny to see which show he did, you know. Well, you know, they did the monkeys did a spoof on. Remember the Invaders TV show? Sure. Mm -hmm. Where you, you shoot the aliens, they burn up in the atmosphere, and they've got like they had. You could tell them because sometimes they had like a stiff pinky. And Mickey Dolan gets gets uh, copied by the aliens, and you can tell he's an alien because his feet are on backwards. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, All right. that's always a sure sign. How did that stiff pinky? Come I was gonna up? say I hope he wasn't gonna say he had a stiff pinky, and that's how they know. But <laughs> all right, we have number seven. <laughs> please move on, Reed. Yes, please. True or false? Keel was the first person. Wait, why does my email do this? <laughs> Hang on a second. Okay, true or false? Keel was the first person to coin the term "men in black." Keel was the first person to coin the term "men in black." Uh, he probably, well, it, it may have actually been Albert Bender. Now, there's a dispute there. There's a guy named Thomas Malone that that's uh, spoofed Keel. No Keel bought his story for a short while, and he actually may have been the one that did. I think there's some evidence that suggests that Albert Bender did. Mm. But this is one of those things that would be in dispute. So, you know, people will have different answers on that. Well, his, bi his bio says that he did in fact coin the term men in black. So who knows? Next, please, right? Number six, true or false? Keel was known to his close friends as Dick Wrangler due to all the poontang he got over the years. Never hear that story. Well, is that true? I've never heard that story. <laughs> Just crazy enough to be true. I'll say true. <laughs> it's it's false. But <laughs> but instead of uh, originally I had instead of Dick Wrangler, which is my favorite porn star name. <laughs> originally I had in there Uncle Milty, but I don't think anyone would get that. Would, would if you used Uncle Milty in there, would anyone have got that joke? Milton Burrow? I yeah. would have. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, okay. he was supposed to be a man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Al is displaying it uh, graphically here in the studio. Luckily, we're a radio show. Uh, next, please, right? Number five. Yep, number five. True or false? Keel wrote a book called Disneyland of the Gods. Keel wrote a book called Disneyland of, uh, of the Gods. True. All right. True. It was yeah. a book okay. with, uh, it had uh, uh, several chapters. It's very similar to the Beyond the Known. Uh, articles he did for Fake Magazine, mm-hmm. where he would have a particular subject and write about some kind of paranormal thing. Always interesting. And he had a collection very similar. He had had a, a, a fake collection as well, but he did write a book called Disneyland of the Gods. Right, yeah. yeah. Interesting title. Next, please, Ram. This is uh, 10 true or false questions about John Keel for Switch. Uh, we are at number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, true or false? Keel was a lifelong resident of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Keel lived in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico for most of his life. True or false? False. False. You where he lived? Do you know where he lived, Switchy? New York. Yeah, he lived oh, on the Upper West Side of New York, so he must have been either rich or he. Well, I, I think he was uh, a, a benefit of rent control. Oh, that could be mm. too. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Do you guys know how Truth or Consequences got its name? It's from Was it from the TV show? It was a radio show, I believe. Mm. They ran oh, a contest, probably. and uh, that was how the town got named. Yeah. And a lot of bad things have happened there. Is it? Re- yeah, really? Yeah. You know, yeah. when you when a, you address a letter there, you can just put uh, TRC, New Mexico. You don't have to spell it all out. This is in makes the, sense. Uh, yeah. TNC. So oh, TRC. Yeah. Okay. TRC, yeah. We should do a deep dive on that. That would be fun. For what? Uh, what has it been? Um, have there been like murders and paranormal stuff going on at that place? That'd be excellent. An excellent. Lots of murders. Yeah. Lots of murders for sure. I'm not 100% sure on paranormal, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of um, like paranormal and UFO sightings occur in, yeah. in that uh type of an area yeah so yeah. that would be that would be a worth a deep dive yeah. in my opinion it's just funny you see it on a map and you go this has to be tied to the show or something you know and it turns out it was okay next this is a top this is, no this is 10 questions two or false questions for switchy about john keel okay number three true or false keel's bones are <laughs> okay true or false Keel's bones are buried in your backyard. Keel, John Keel's bones are buried in your backyard, Switchy. Yes or no? <laughs> uh, wow. No, it's Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, well. oh, that's where he is. That nobody. Damn. Yeah. Wow. He, uh, there was about a five-second hesitation there, and he took a breath, and he gave I, his reply. I don't have much of a backyard. Okay. All right. Well, so, he's a, you know, he wasn't a big he's guy. Vertical, okay. not, he's vertical. Not horizontal. He's vertical. He's <laughs> vertical. <laughs> Uh, let's see. These are 10 true or false questions about John Keel for Switchy, please, right? Number two, true or false. Uh, Keel was first cousins with Hollywood actor and star of the TV series Dallas, Howard Keel. Howard Keel was on Dallas for a while, and he was first cousins with John Keel. That's false. That is false. Switchy, so you got one. Okay, next. All right. You got more than and one. <laughs> you definitely got more than one. <laughs> All right. And finally, true or false, your cat named Keel appears in your dreams every night telling you to, quote unquote, lose those other two cats <laughs> or else. Well, not quite. He does say belief is the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. And then he says, I can see the bottom of my food dish. I'm starving. <laughs> we'll put the Tadarian right here. Okay, Switchy, how many? You didn't quite make the $5,000, I don't think. Well, I, uh, I'll take the 35 bucks. That's okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Club, Club, can you take care of that, please, as a uh, security? Yeah, I'll send you a check. <laughs> Sign it this time. <laughs> wow, he had that loaded up, didn't he? Okay. All right, why don't we take a uh, commercial break now, calm down, regroup, and we'll be right back after this. Uh, you're listening to McMullen's Military Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here. Please stay tuned. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Militrax Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Alrighty, what a show we have for you tonight, girls. You should be sitting down, misting, and just, you know, lubed up, I guess you could say. <laughs> lubed up. I don't know what else. I don't know where to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Famous Juan Juan is here. Yeah, baby. Lube, lube it up. <laughs> Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Mm. Hopefully, it won't be uh, X-rated. It's just going to be fun and yes. fun for the whole family. Are they two different things? <laughs> sure. Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, no Coco tonight. He's up by the sponsor, Jiffy Lube. I actually got a uh, a fan letter today. Coco, <laughs> Jiffy Lube, not a bad idea. Think about that for a okay, second. Why? Think okay, about why? It. Thank you, Club. Okay, okay, why? You're the one. Um, someone, a fan, was wondering if Coca could fly in in his helicopter, pick her up, and fly her to the exit of UFO conference. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Good request. Yeah. Yeah. I said never say never, but I'm pretty sure that that little airplane he flies in, the thing looks like Star Wars. 
I don't think right. it. I don't think you can get more than two uh, one person in that. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen it. It's an experimental plane. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a one or two passenger. I don't think it's a two passenger. And, you know, so what's the nearest airport? Probably Pease Airport in Plum Island. Pease Air Force Base to Exeter though it would be Pease. Yeah, it'd be Pease. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd have to. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, you know the legend of uh, Coco lives on. Uh, so anyway, switch very quickly. Yes. Because uh, we just had a uh, animated conversation off the air about um, what? Some horror movies. Horror movies. But I just we have to ask uh, Switchy first. Would you have a breakfast? Oh, I had uh, – it was more of a brunch. <laughs> I, I went to Tudor's Biscuit World. Yes. And I, I happened to notice they have this uh, meatloaf special. <sighs> so I had meatloaf, mashed potatoes, <laughs> and gravy <laughs> with corn. And they also throw in a biscuit. But the biscuit was a little too much, so I just brought it home. Yeah, yeah. And I had uh, water with it. Water? Yeah. What, are you not drinking oh, coffee man. anymore? No, no, I, I drink uh, coffee and other stuff once in a while. Just <laughs> the water seemed uh, right today. Uh, really, yeah. I love that whole meatloaf thing, man. I, my, my mother was a great cook, dear old ma. Well, she writes us every uh, month or so. She knows how to make meatloaf and mashed potatoes and gravy. I could live on that forever in ketchup, oh. of course. Good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, really good. So uh, while we were uh, off air, we were having a spirited discussion about Winnie the Pooh. Um, I had to admit that I didn't know anything about Winnie the Pooh. The name is always uh, kind of put me off a little bit, let's say, okay? So, but Raven has uh, done a semi-deep dive into it. So what is it? Everyone in the, in, the, in the book is dysfunctional? Is that what we're saying? So I, I definitely have not done a deep dive on this, okay. um, but same, same. this is a theory that I very much agree with, that all of the characters from Winnie the Pooh represent a different mental illness. Um, yeah. So, for example, uh, Winnie the Pooh, the bear, would represent an eating disorder. Um, the little pig is anxiety disorder. The tiger uh, is ADHD. Um, Christopher Robbins, for example, is they, <clears throat> they put him as schizophrenic because I, I believe the, uh, the backbone of this is that he is imagining all of these little creatures. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. Um, they say that the owl is narcissistic personality disorder. Yes. The rabbit is obsessive compulsive disorder. And I think for obvious reasons, Eeyore is major, uh, major depressive disorder okay. and it makes sense wow it sure does about yeah. it. what about baby roo uh, uh, which one yeah for oh, someone yeah kanga and baby roo she was the uh, yeah they, they have the, their uh, own issue yeah the, 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 the the what, what about you didn't mention tigger yeah yeah the tiger adhd i just have to ask a question here do you have any idea what they're talking about i have no idea yeah so what happens a guy goes in disorders winnie the pooh with his uh yeah, there's yeah, a graphic. Makes, there's a graphic sense. on Winnie the Pooh and mental illness. There's a whole like you can put on a tinfoil hat and and go down really, a yeah. rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And I uh, this is years. This is probably almost ten years ago now. I got into a fight with somebody about this mm. on Facebook mm. a long time ago. I don't even have a Facebook anymore. Wow. But I got into a fight with somebody because this woman was like, 
they're ruining cartoons. And I was like, this would make it so that everyone Dang. feels included. What yes. are you talking mm -hmm. about? I'm like, shut up. I shut her right down. Is it, it, do you think like, it was no, done? that's ridiculous. Was it but, done on purpose? Was it written that way? Or is it just the way everyone's kind of looking into things? It's the way that people are looking into it. But it, it makes total sense mm. when you really look at it. Yeah, you know, sure. it's. I, I don't the, know if it was done intentionally. I haven't really. I I have not done a deep dive. Was the on uh, I've author read several A. L. Milne about it? What's the name of the guy who wrote it? Oh. Melny was uh, it Milne? A. 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 Milne. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I maybe mispronounced the last name. I'm no, not sure. No, I I just never. Uh, yeah. No, see, he, from what I understand, Christopher Robin was just a young boy who didn't have a lot of friends, but he had all his stuffed animals. Yes. Right. And he gave them personalities. He made them come alive to him. So mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh was his teddy bear, He had and he had all the other guys. And he behind his house, there was a the 100-acre wood. It was a, a large wooded area he hung out and played with, with all his pals. I, I don't know right. if I'm buying this, Raven. I think you need to get on Facebook so we can argue about it. <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. I definitely please. need to make a new Facebook account and just start arguing with Everyone I can find about and this. Number two, they did great things. They discovered the North Pole. They uh, were tracked by a, a, hef a horrible heffalump. And woozles, uh, they, yeah. they tracked we, a woozle. Who are you talking hey, about? Are uh, I, think, I think you're on Dr. Seuss. Dr. No, Seuss. No, 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 no. Winnie the Pooh went to the North Pole? I don't remember they, any they went, of that. They went on an expedition to discover the North Pole in the Three Acre Wood. What? And they literally find this pole and declare it the North Pole. Wow, this is fascinating. Yeah. And there were heffalumps. Well, convenient. Okay. There were heffalumps and woozles, whatever they were. Well, they didn't yeah. have to, you know, uh, <laughs> pay a lot of airfare or or you know, mount a, a huge expedition to the North Pole. Uh, Wamon, did you just send me a link to a porn movie about uh, Winnie uh, the Pooh? I hope not. Okay. But it's a, a Winnie. The, it's kind of a cool Winnie the Pooh. Uh, what does it mean? Graphic. Really. That. Raven's talking about, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, maybe I'll do a deep dive on it and, and go for it. Weird. This. I mean, it, it, I am well, going to say one more thing before we move off of off of me. Yes. If uh, we ever move off of Winnie the Pooh, we, we have to move off of Winnie the Pooh. Please. We've talked enough about it. Um, I I need to point out the beer that I'm drinking. Oh, go ahead. I found at a brewery that I went to on Saturday. Yes. We were in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, Boom. and we were there because. We went to Centralia, Pennsylvania. I don't know if anyone knows what Centralia is. Tell I'm us. sure a lot of our listeners might. If you're if you're a fan of horror movies, you definitely know what this is. Uh, that is dead? based. That's the town that Silent Hill was based off oh, of. Oh. A horror movie because there is an underground mine fire that started in 1964, I think, mm -hmm. and is still burning today. And oh, wow. the town oh, yeah. is abandoned, and it's a ghost town. Oh, cool. It was wow. so cool. It was very creepy. Hmm. No it one's was, there? No like, one is there? We walked on what was left of, like, the graffiti highway, oh. which is literally, it was. It used to be a highway, and it was, um, they they demolished it in 20, because this mm. is a timeless show, so I won't say the year, but they demolished it. Mm. And um, so we walked on what was left of it, and we, we stole some highway. <sighs> And we um, took some coal. Um, okay. It was really interesting, though. It was very surreal just seeing streets yeah. that used to be real streets yes. that were just completely overgrown. And all like, you would just see a random stop sign mm -hmm. with like a little bit of pavement. And then it was just completely overgrown. But there's still houses Really there? interesting. Still houses and stuff. So you can walk stuff? through here um, safely and mm -hmm. view all the stuff. Um, 
the locals really don't like uh, people like me mm-hmm. coming in to, uh, you know, ruin their day, I guess, because yeah. there are well, who's still, local. Nobody lives there. I mean, right? There are, I believe, 10, 10 or 12 residents really? that still live there that refuse to leave. Is there smoke in the air? Is Can you see any sign of the mine fire? Or? We didn't see any, but it was a very clear day, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's why. I can imagine at night you probably would see Did stuff. they tear the houses down, or are there houses still there? It, if you look up pictures of what the town used to look like, yep. it looked like Main Street, USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like you're driving through and it's like you would just see a random house like in a field. Oh, what a place. Where there used to be hundreds of houses yeah, surrounding yeah. it and there's like one left. Oh, what a place to, to film a movie. What a what a location to film a movie would be. Something yeah, like a cool movie. It'd be great. The name, of, the name of the town is what? Centralia? Centralia, yeah. It's C-E-N-T-R-I-L-A. Hmm. I, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't spell. But oh, um, nice. if you've seen Silent Hill, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If oh, you yes. haven't seen Silent Hill, mm. you should watch it. No, it is no, such a good no. movie. Yeah. And it's very loosely based on it. But the interesting thing is that there's literally a fire just going yeah. at all times underground. You burn the and coal. what's crazier is that driving in there, there are other communities like two miles away from this town that mm-hmm. are just like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. If, yeah. if that was me, I'd be gone. Yeah, yeah. I would just flourishing communities like nothing's going on. They're, yes. They're right next door. It's, it's got to be sulfur so in the air. got to be. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah. So anyway, wow, that's interesting Yeesh. as hell. Um, so there's one other thing we were going to talk about. Oh, first of all, Raven, please, uh, could you tell the um, audience the phrase that pays? The phrase that pays? The phrase that pays is Friday, I'm in love. Friday, I'm in love. And um, please write to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. No, what am I talking about? Uh, wingman. What is it? Wingman at MacMaloney.com. Is that it? Holy <laughs> Go <God>. to <laughs> MacMaloney.com. I, sh- I should probably know that. Let's start again. Let's start again. You need Let's... to check with your ghostwriter, Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, did you just give out your personal email? I, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. We're going to cut it out. All right, here we go. Um, so anyway, uh, that's the phrase that pays, and uh, please go to uh, MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, say, I heard Raven say, the phrase that pays is, Friday, I'm in love, a um, line from a song by The Cure. And um, exactly. the first four or five people who uh, write to us uh, from this show and also from Raven's Scary Movie Hour will get a free uh, copy of uh, Mac Maloney's new book, uh, War of Dragons on sale everywhere. Autograph copy. So just go to MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button. The phrase that pays is, please, one more time, Raven. Friday, I'm in love. Mm. Um, Friday, I'm in love. And the first four or five people, we'll say five people who uh, write to us with um, the phrase that pays, Friday, I'm in love, get a free copy of War of Dragons by Mac Maloney on sale everywhere. Okay, so why don't we do this? Uh, what's next? Switchy, do you have anything? Just I do. Okay, why don't we do something with you? <laughs> no, hang on. I'm going to cut that out, too. Hang on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to string him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, here's his lawyer calling. I, I just wrote that. So do I get a copy? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, you do. Well, we're only four copies left. Okay. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's decompress. Okay, Switchy, uh, yes. why don't we put in your uh, bumper music right here?
And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's Report from the Fringe. And uh, please elucidate us. The source of this comes from the book Mimics by Tim Swartz. The others amongst us, right? Uh, and also, now there's a lot of contributors to this book. Our uh, the friend of the show, Paul Dale Roberts, uh, uh, contributed some oh, stuff yeah, also. Yeah. Good friend of the show. Now, this is a little bit uh, shades of uh, disappearing people, missing 411. Raven, a couple of weeks ago, uh, did a, a, a classic missing person case. And we talked a lot about David Politis and his stuff. Uh, this particular, now there's, I'm going to give two examples here. And they kind of overlap with the fairy lore or the elementals. And even David Politis has recognized some of the parallels between other aspects of the paranormal, like folklore and some of the missing 411 uh, material. Uh, this comes from Dublin Line News, Rosalind Cullen. And she she writes about a woman unnamed, a woman from, from Meath County. And uh, she's out walking in the woods. She actually has a, uh, a step counter on. They've got, got some kind of a challenge going at work. So she's uh, going through the woods. And uh, she happens to pass through these two trees that are right next to each other. And she she touches them both as she passes through. One is strangely warm and the other is cold and wet. And once she steps through, she starts to become a little bit disoriented. There are, are three paths there. She takes one and things aren't really looking normal. She takes one and uh, it, it comes up to a bunch of brush where she uh, uh, she can't even pass. And she takes each of the other pathways. And no matter what she does, she can't find her way back. She can't find those two trees again. So she can't really explain what's going on. Now, uh, it really becomes beyond her ability to explain. Now, she, uh, after she was unable to find her way, she had turned, well, she had turned left that first time to no avail. Now, she all then, she heard this low voice, a very low voice saying, over here, over here. Now, there had been other people around before she got in this, got disoriented. But uh, uh, when, when she heard that, she just assumed it was somebody calling somebody else. But then she heard a laugh at the end of this voice. And involuntarily, the hair on her, on her neck stood up. And... She had she'd grown up with uh, learning about fairy lore and that sort of thing. So that's she kind of thought there was some kind of a, a fairy enchantment going on. And she had heard that if you put your clothes on inside out, it could help you break the spell. So she does it. She takes her shirt off, turns it inside out. She said, she, she said, I felt like I was being mental, but she did it anyway. Now, almost immediately, yeah. the spell or the enchantment broke, and she found the two trees. She rushes through them, uh, believing that things are going to return to normal, and actually they did. And, you know, everything she uh, everything comes back to normal. She hears other voices, and she doesn't hear this little tiny voice again, uh, which and that laugh just scared the hell out of her. Uh, some said that she may have stepped on what they called a stray sod, now, that's a clump of grass that has okay. been enchanted by the fairies. Intentionally causes one to be disoriented if you step on it. <laughs> and then that was that event was over. Now, here's another one. 
Once again, and, a joke. Uh, a joke is in there somewhere, but not today. Sorry. Um, yes. Uh, do I get m more money for jokes? <laughs> try, try us. Okay. <laughs> okay. They have to now, be funny. Uh, uh, this this comes from a book called The Middle Kingdom, and two things about this: it's Dermot McManus that wrote this, mm -hmm. and it was in, in the 1950s. It's very much like Evans Wentz. I don't know if you guys remember Evans Wentz that Jacques Vallée talked about at some length. He uh, in 1911 he wrote the book called The Fairy Faith of uh, of uh, Celtic Countries, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, he went around talking to people about their one-on-one -on -one encounters with the fairies, with the elementals. These weren't merely stories handed down from generation after generation. And now uh, McDermott did the same thing. He said, these are not fairy tales that have been told and retold. This is like us going and talking to UFO witnesses and Bigfoot witnesses. And it's interesting because when I, I first read the source of this particular story, which takes place in 1935, I first read it. Uh, in an, an issue of the Flying Saucer Review. And I kept tracing the source until I find it was from the Middle Kingdom. And it was good because that's the original source. And you get more information. And it turns out his his aunt, who lived in Mayo, uh, Ireland, uh, required companion help. She had a housekeeper, but they also hired this uh, local girl of 19, very capable. Mm -hmm. And she was just, just uh, somebody that came to help her get along. And one Saturday after living there for several weeks she had the afternoon off so she decided to spend it with the solon family that's the housekeeper's family they were going to have her over at, at dinner at 7 p.m beautiful day so she's 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 going over there and she decides to climb the nearby ferry fort called lissard now she had plenty of time and she didn't have to be there till like i said 7 p.m and but when 7 p.m rolls around uh she had not shown up. Uh, the other cottages in the area were checked. No one had seen her. So the alarm went off. A large group of men went out with lanterns because it was starting to get dark. Mm. The last party came back about midnight empty-handed. A few minutes after the last group came back, the young girl walked through the door, sank into a chair, and burst into tears. Uh, fortunately, there was a kitchen fire, and they said, he says, strong tea brought her <laughs> back a bit. Oh, I've had some so, of them. So then she tells her story. She had climbed the ferry mound, again, beautiful day, and she could see a lot of the surrounding countryside. There's a, uh, a, there's a group of trees at the top. And uh, it, again, just, just like, like a gorgeous summer day, but then there was a bit of chill in the air, so she decided to descend the mound and finish her trek over to the Solons. As she walked down toward a gap in the outer bank, she was just at the opening when she felt a sort of a, a jerk from kind of inside. It wasn't She wasn't feeling pressure or being pushed from outside. It was something inside. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, she found she was walking right back up the hill that she had just walked down. Hmm. She tried several times to get down through this gap, and she it was like teleportation. It was like she was immediately turned around, and she was walking up the hill. Hmm. And, and then she tried to... Uh, sidestep it and, and climb over off to the side. But when she did, she seemed to come to an invisible wall. No matter how she tried to pass, she could not get through. And then she felt an evil presence that was not there before. It seemed to be coming from a specific part of the fairy fort up high. And then, then of course, darkness fell. It's a moonless night. She can't get through. Mm. And, but then her hopes rose because she saw, she saw a lantern bobbing in the dark. One of the search parties came near her, 
and she could hear them calling for her. She yelled back, but they were unable to hear her no matter how loud she yelled. Another group came by, the same thing. She couldn't get through the barrier. They couldn't hear her. Now, she kept watching these lanterns kind of disappear into the woods. And all of a sudden, uh, all, all of a sudden, the barrier, the enchantment or whatever it was, disappeared. Mm. And so she moved very carefully because it's pitch dark. To, and she kept her eyes in the distant lanterns to find her way home. And finally, obviously, she did. She, they said that she told her story with with a sincerity. She was clearly exhausted. They had checked to see if she had spent any time at the other cottages. Mm. And, you know, it's it just has that, that creepy 411 vibe. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. she hears the voices in the night. They're out there. She's yelling. They can't hear her. And she can't make her presence known. So these are two instances that, again, based on the fairy lore, you can decide whether or not they're true or not. But uh, very, very interesting to find parallels like this. What's the explanation, though? Is there what just that this hill is kind of haunted, whatever, by the fairies? And if you go up there, you do so at your own risk, that type of thing? Well, there some of them are very mischievous. Some of them are supposed to be very helpful. Uh, you know, it was uh, perhaps, again, if this is a true story, they are they were just messing with her for a while and then eventually let her go. But perhaps some people don't get let go, and we never see them again. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Some of them are straight up hostile. Yes. Um, others, others produce healing, you know, yeah. uh, riches and so forth. They're definitely not like the fairies that you picture in, like, insert Disney movie. Right, yeah. Okay, what's the difference? Movies. Tell us the difference. Or, or in some art, you know. Uh, well, yeah. These are like fairies from lore. It's not It's not F-A-I-R-Y. It's F-A-E-R-Y, right? F-A-I-R-E, something like that. Yeah. There's a yeah, there's a difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the F-A-I-R-Y cutesy ones are... Just cutesy. That's it. Yeah, and Disney. Disney. it. It doesn't have any backing of lore. And then right. the other ones are actually from, uh, I mean, a lot of it is from, I did this back in Christmas. Um, I talked about like the Yule Lads. Mm -hmm. Those would fall under fairy lore. And then there's like little tricks that you have to do to like get rid of them basically. Mm -hmm. But th that's a, that's essentially what he's talking about. And I mean, like there, there's, there's crazy things that you have to do. Like sometimes it's like leave your front door and your back door open so that they they don't notice your house while they're flying through the woods and they'll fly right through your house. <laughs> Sounds good. Like yes. Some of them is like you have to leave a colander on your stairs because some of them can't count past like three. So they'll just keep counting <laughs> like they count the holes oh, excessively. Yeah. So they'll count to two and then they just start over again because they can't count. Past so so three. What, who are they supposed to be? Are they supposed to be? I, I mean, are they miniature people? Or do they have the you know the the funny uh, some some shoes. are giant some are I mean some are really? very statuesque they can also according to some fairy lore they can change their size and their shape and interesting Arthur Conan Doyle wrote a book called The World of the Fairies mm. and he said the, uh, the Sherlock Holmes Sherlock guy, Holmes right? yeah. and he said the appearance of the fairies is partly due to our perception of them sounding like John Keel a hundred years ago. But but they have leprechauns to come. Leprechauns are fairies too. The whole mm. say again, please. Yes. Oh, leprechauns, right? Yes. Yeah. Kobolds. Gnomes. Uh, yep. 
but, but, but what's what's the um, what's the origin story? I mean, are they supposed to be from Middle Earth? Are they from another dimension? Uh, does anyone you know? No, I think they've always just been part of the Earth. I, I don't know. Uh, I also, some of them are fallen angels, right, uh, Raven? I'm pretty sure, and I also think it depends on what uh, country it, it originates mm-hmm. from. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because there's all like there's difference between uh, like Ireland, for example, and like. Uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? England. I want to say Scottsdale, and that's not Scotland. Right. Scotland. Scotland. You sent a picture of one. They were all drunk up there. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's. I'm, it I'm partly Scottsdale. <laughs> you know, Scottsdale, Arizona has so much fairy Switching. lore. It is oh. unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, anyway. I could not think of the word Scotland. I am. So I've always sorry. believed. What kind fairies. of beer is that again, uh, Raven? Please tell us. Scottsdale. No, sure. what kind of beer? No, just kidding. All of our Scotland wow. listeners are like, bye. What Scotland. Kind of, what kind of beer things? are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking uh, Tangerine Shandy from the brewery I got it from. Oh, that's right. Benny, Benny Brew Company, and it was so good. Yes. And it's the beer is amazing. Um, but Yeah, like it, it just depends on what they're where they come from right. because there's going to be different stories but there's you it's Euro- because it's european though right it's mostly european that's what i think of you know well the, uh, countries all over have some lore about these little guys wow. little tricksters yeah where do they where's uh, it come from like even hawaii they've got the the little uh i forget what they call them um I don't remember the name, but I, I thought think it Canada goes back to the too. Greeks. Everything goes Pineapples. back to the Greeks eventually. Yes. Well, so. they had the the sprites, you know, and the mm-hmm. uh, the the, uh, the satyrs, the um, and, and that sort of thing. By the, by the way, Raven, I sometimes I inadvertently wear my clothes inside out, so I've never had any trouble. Oh, I do the same <laughs> wow. thing because it's like, why risk it? TMI switch. If right. you know that they're they aren't going to to take you. Just wear your clothes inside out. I'm wearing this T-shirt inside Club out. Is, uh, if you wear your underwear always, inside out, I you could be going. I always wear my underwear inside out except when they're dirty. But <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of connections with modern-day UFO experiences. Mm-hmm. Missing time was prevalent in the in the fairy fairy folklore. Yeah, yeah. Um, funny. Uh, you know the uh, uh, it, who was it? Uh, Elias Owens, who wrote Welsh folklore, talked about how wayfarers along the road at night, what they saw mist forming. They got pretty nervous because sometimes the fairies would grab them, take them up in the air, and place them a distance from where they were going mm. for a little mischief. Yeah, yeah. What does yeah. that sound like? You know, a little a little abduction. Maybe yeah, yeah. they were. Uh, to putting some uh, a little, little probing, yes, yeah, yeah. cookies or something like that. Uh, who knows? But listen, this doesn't this all just bad. prove in a way that this is all part of one big thing, and and this is just someone else's yes. interpretation of it? You know? Oh my God! Wait, it's wait. What's the company that makes those Keebler Elf cookies? Nabisco? No, uh, the Weebler cookies. Weebler. Keebler. 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 Keebler elves. Yeah. yeah, Keebler elves. Yeah, what they're elves. What is it? Is it Nabisco? The- no, those are made by real elves, Raven. They're yeah. real elves. No, yeah. it's all a conspiracy. Brave. It's all a big conspiracy. <laughs> most people. This is, the Keebler this is elves. big Nabisco getting into our brain. The Nabisco? <laughs> Elvis checking. Uh, I was, well, well, you know, you know about Snap, Crackle, and Pop? What, what kind of people are they? Yeah, well, you know, all- the same? Sorry, Switch, go ahead. That's okay. All the stories about uh, that there was one about uh, a young boy that meets the fairies and they're playing, they're throwing a ball back and forth. And to him, it looks like gold. Oh. And, uh, you know, of course, he thinks he's there for about an hour. He's gone all day. 
He's all right, but he just the, the time flies by. But then he wants to take one of these with him home, so he puts it in his pocket. But yes. the elves catch him when he's stepping out of the that realm, the enchanted area. He can't take, you know, there's millions of stories like that. Mm. Now, let's go to Betty and Barney Hill. Most people know the story yes. of Betty and Barney Hill, abducted in the early 60s. The classic abduction experience. Nothing. We assume it's E.T., you know, until we get into some of the stuff that happened afterwards, which we don't have time to talk about now. Mm. But there's an event aboard the craft, if that's what it was, go ahead. that is like the, one of the old fairy tricks dusted off. Hmm. And Betty Hill had seen one of these books that had photographs and strange writing in it. And she thought, if nobody believes her story, she's got this proof for herself. And the one she called the leader said she could take it with her, and she's thrilled. Mm. But And when they're about to leave, when they're done with their examination, they're about to cross the threshold of the spaceship. The leader comes to her and says, the others object. I'm sorry, you can't take this with you. But like the old old fairy story yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't get the treasures out of fairyland, and you can't get them across the threshold of a spaceship either. How weird is that, man? That is really strange. I mean, you know, it's strange that there's there's those similar ties. You know, it's the it's the same story told a different way. Really, when you think about it, right? Uh, imagine it, it. It must be whether you know, depending on how much of it is physical, paraphysical, or. A, a, a state of consciousness, it seems to all be coming from the same source. Right. Yeah. And just manifesting in slightly different ways. But it's, uh, that's interesting about uh, uh, talking about, uh, I read John Keel's uh, bio, you know, a bio of him on, uh, on, um, on the internet. And he determined, and we've talked about this before too, Switchy, is um, that most UFOs are spotted on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Okay, right. Wednesdays and Saturdays. I, I, that I find fascinating. That someone has been able to. That to me is a scientific way of looking at UFOs. You know what I mean? It's okay. You know how would a scientist do it? Okay, when do they appear? When do people see them? What time of day? What's the weather? <laughs> you know, that's a very interesting statement. I think that most UFOs are seen on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Why Wednesdays and Saturdays? And there are certain months, I forget which ones, you know, there was a there's a researcher named Ahmad Jamaluddin, uh -huh. who I don't know a lot about, but he wrote articles for the Flying Saucer Review over many years. He wrote a book on the on humanoids over 60 years, and he, he took Albert Rosales' database. Albert Rosales, as you know, he's the one that wrote a series of books uh, called uh, Humanoids, The Others Amongst Us. Uh -huh. And he, you know, he collect just an amazing array all the way from you know, 01 AD up to the present uh, of, of these uh, other other beings. And, you know, so many of them are different. Yeah, yeah. But so John Maluden took the crunch, the numbers, and he found crazy things like the best time to see a have a humanoid encounter mm. is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Oh, I've seen a Noon, few of that. You know, you might as well just eat your lunch and not worry about it. Yeah, right. But he found it was it, it took place in the same you know, as the world turns in the same time zone. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Whatever time yeah, zone. Yeah, we talked it about it. It's suggesting that the point of what? Entry or the point of manifestation was identical as the world moved. That's... And then, furthermore, he found that uh, he called them uh, humanoid, uh, oh, not outbreaks, but uh, 
I can't remember his term. Okay. But the they would, uh, you know, uh, they were over. There were cycles over eight to ten years. There'd be a humanoid outbreak, if you if you want to call it that, somewhere in South America, mm. and then it would be somewhere in North America, the U.S. or Canada, yeah, maybe yeah. a year or two later, and then it would move across to the European continent, and then uh, to Malaysia, perhaps. Or, or you know in that area uh, or china or whatever yep. and then circle around again to south america see, that's weird man again, that's about 10 that's, year cycle see, that's a pattern and, that's a that's what yeah. sorry switch, uh, to interrupt you but that's what scientists look for they look for patterns and things you know and that gets you closer to what the hell is going on like we go back to that hanada air force base incident in 1951 in korea where you know, lots of people, you know, saw this UFO. Lots of people saw this UFO. And uh, the guy who was running Blue Book at the time said, why don't we do a scientific study on this particular UFO? Because it looked like it was in a search pattern, a checkerboard search pattern. And they said, are these things intelligently controlled like a, you know, flight of geese or like a, a bunch of bees just flying around crazy, right? The Pentagon wouldn't give him the money to do that. But that's the right approach. And, and this guy has taken the right approach. Find out what time of day people see these things. What day of the month? You know, the fact that it's in the same time zone is freaky. That tells you there's something, there's some intelligent force behind it. There has to be for it to show up in time. It, it, it also tells you that people aren't hallucinating. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wow, that is crazy. You can't have that many people making it up. Right. At and, the same time of day and like the 50s same and 60s, date, we'd get all these reports, some kind of dubious, but uh, that uh, they were supposedly they were tracking uh, flying saucers, as they called them, coming out of the Antarctic. Mm -hmm. Well, that would fit. I mean, if they come out of the Antarctic first and then hit South America mm, and yeah, make yeah. this loop around the globe, Weird. you know that that might also. Oh. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And then and then you go back to you know, Chilean ideas. He, he started talking about window areas because so many of these craft and so many of these entities were different. You know, you had mm -hmm. the general type of, of, of humanoid yep. or the general types of crafts, but very few were identical. Yeah, right. That's weird, too. There's a flying saucer. There's the flying cigar. There's the gray alien. There's the Nordic alien. You know, there's a reptilian. Very strange. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break. Are you ready, Al? Ready for a break there, Uncle Al? Okay. Anytime. You gave me a thumbs up. I mean, that means okay. So why don't we do this? Uh, why don't we take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. And you're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the um, <laughs> Distant Thunder Radio Distant Network. Thunder Radio Network. That, thank you, Guan Juan. Uh, we'll we're right uh, talking a lot about John Keel tonight and all kind of different things that he was into. And we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst-ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. 
Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney on sale now on Amazon. And hey, Wingman fans, listen to Mac's show to find out how you can win an autographed copy of Wingman 22, War of Dragons. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Track Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, girls, he's here. Very famous one, one, one. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's a fun one so far, and it's going to get even funner. Funner? With our new guest, yes. Is that a British word? They use that over there? That's right. We try and... Uh, uh, make all our words smaller, you know. And are they really? Yeah. And the ER to it. It's freaking British. When we kick their ass, and this is how they treat us. <laughs> um, no Coco tonight, Mills Gills and Gigi Gills. He's out saving the world, flying around somewhere. However, Switchblade Steve Ward, our national correspondent, is here with us. Great Switch. to be here, Mac. Okay. A big piece of meatloaf into the day, right? Well, yeah, earlier in the day, yep. Mm-hmm. Is that the place that you don't have to leave a tip? Yes, they don't, they don't wow. uh, have any... Uh, provision for tips for me. I would uh, gladly put something in a tip cup. Win-win for switchy. Um, win-win for switchy. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, also, also, our security chief, Willie Club, who right now looks like a superhero because it looks the shed, doesn't the shadow across his eyes look like a mask? Hey, Max. Yeah, the sun is setting, and is I like this time of night. He looks the, stunning. Stunning. I, those yes. rays. I need those rays, you know, so I won't get depressed. Uh, really? <laughs> but, but anyways, <laughs> okay. speaking of being depressed, I, I when you, I got on the show, I said, uh, I wonder what we're going to do tonight. And you announced there was no top 10. Mm. I've been pinching myself ever since. Really Ooh. pinching yourself. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Okay. That's really... <laughs> That, that made my night. That's really behind the scenes. He may be depressed because he was bitten by a radioactive spider. Something. No, he's been hanging around a U.R. Now, it didn't happen down at the, the party, so he must have been bitten somewhere else. Anyway, he's here. Uh, also in the studio with us, driving the getaway car, is uh, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Hello, Mac. Al. Hello, everyone. Mm-hmm. You, uh, hey. Club, you uh, you depressed? You've been hanging around a U.R. too much. Uh, no, no, but I need this this time of the day. It's, yes, you get really. That sunset. Yep. It gives me that extra energy that uh, I need to carry me through the night. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, they sell gummies for that now. You know that? Yeah, but yeah, I, that, that's your thing. I, I they make me Mine. too uh, goofy. <laughs> goofy enough. <laughs> goofy enough. Anyway, uh, the sun setting on uh, in Club's neighborhood, and it's uh, tomorrow already. Over there, yeah. Yep. Across the pond. Oh. Um, 
also with us is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Nyog Raven. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. Is this the first bun of 2023, would you say? Uh, actually, it might be. See? I've worn a lot of hats. A lot of hats. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. You just sent me into like an existential crisis. Me is too. this the first bun of the year? It's almost June. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. God. We'll I go back over it every year. show. It can't be the first bun every of the week. year. No we'll way. see. Well, I'm going to have to go back and listen to all the episodes. I don't know. Okay. We'll have one of the interns do it. What is wrong with me? What's the name of that beer? What is the name of the beer? Uh, tangerine Shandy. Right. Okay. All right. And it tastes good that? and it's high alcoholic content, well, I'm guessing. No, because I can't. I will pass away okay. uh, immediately. This is 5%. A- anything above 6%, I will die on the spot. Really? Will you do it while I we're on the year, can't. not during the commercial? You want me to? Uh, no, you want no. me to pass away on the air? No, I'm sure. not. Sorry, that was important. <laughs> let's get to our guests, right? Have I introduced yeah. everyone and embarrassed everyone in there? Okay. Yes, let's get to our lovely guest, Barbara Richer. Barbara, how are you? I'm fine. How are, are you? Where are you? Where are you in the in the country? Okay, I'm in Athens, Ohio. I'm from Charleston, West Virginia, mm. but I pretty much stay away from my home state. West Virginia? So, yep. Is, yeah, is see, it because Switch moved there? Because Switch is there. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's <laughs> well, actually a reason to go back, you know, and Really? Visit, Boy, is that bad? Uh, at Point Pleasant, which is just might as well be in Ohio. Right. You just have to cross that big river, and there you are. With the, with the, with the bridge that fell down. We met with down. a group down in last September, uh, several several big names like Joshua Cutchin and uh, – Greg Bishop, they they do, and uh, you know several others. Uh, they do a uh, annual trip, and they decided to make it at Point Pleasant. So Barbara was able to come down. I was able to meet her mm. and several of the other. We just had a great time. I showed them around the museum and the TNT area, mm-hmm. and uh, they seemed to really enjoy it. Barbara did yeah, uh, did uh, Switch pull a quarter out of uh, the Mothman statue's ass while you were there? <laughs> no, no, no. We just took lots of pictures of people around the ass. Really you know? around the ass? Because it's Appalachia's ass. You got to okay. have pictures to send Appalachia's home. Oh, my Appalachia's wow. ass. Oh, my yep. God. That's okay. so great. Very cool. So, uh, Barbara, tell us now. You are uh, a big fan of John Keel's, among other people, uh, but you have a podcast devoted to John Keel. It's not devoted to John Keel, but it's named after John Keel. Mm-hmm. So we talk about everything. Yeah, cool. uh, It's called Six Degrees of John Keel because mm-hmm. in the opening of Strange Creatures from Time and Space, he says, less than 100 miles from you, someone has seen a hairy monster. Another person has seen a strange light in the sky and perhaps even was touched by an alien Another one is going to come across a ghost, and the next time it might be you. Mm-hmm. And I read that aloud and looked at my um, co-host, who's also my daughter, and I said, that's like six degrees of like Kevin Bacon, yes. but weirder. Yeah, mm-hmm. And yeah. then she looked at me, and she went, it's six degrees of John Keel. And then I was like, yeah, it is. And she goes, that's the name of the podcast. That's a I very cool okay. story. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's say a little awesome. round of applause. Yeah. That's brilliant, really it is. Um, now he's an interesting guy, and I, I, I switch talks about him a lot. 
And uh, we were talking earlier in the show, the first kind of paranormal book I ever bought was just like at a yard sale, and it was the Mothman Prophecies. And I, and well, I, that's and, a good one to start with. It really. And, it, and you know what attracted me was the title. The title was just this cool title. What does this mean, Mothman Prophecies? And that read it, and uh, I liked his uh, writing. You know, he was actually kind of a good writer, and, and when you delve back and to his background, he was he was a foreign correspondent during the Korean War, and he's been here. There. He's been done a lot of stuff. Plus, he lived up on the Upper West Side, which we talked about. Mighty, he might have stayed there because of rent control, but that's a very expensive you know, part of the world to live in. So he must have been doing very well as a writer. Um, mm-hmm. But a very interesting guy. We talked about earlier how he, you know, found that you know UFOs show up on a certain day, certain time, certain place, so on. And I love that phrase that you just wrote because this stuff goes on around us all the time but it's just yeah. not connected by i don't know a media or something i don't know but people see ghosts all the time they see ufos all the time they see monsters this goes on all the time and he was the guy who tried to bring it together you know Pretty yeah interesting guy. yeah and he's he's one of the first ones to really go hey you know the only thing we really have are witness observations so why don't we look at the witnesses? Mm-hmm. And he's the first one to say, you know, hey, um, so you saw a UFO and it looked like this and had a light and everything. Did anything else happen before that or after that? Yes. And and he he said, you know, nine times out of ten, somebody was having nightmares. Somebody had a ghost in the house. There mm. was poltergeist mm. activity. Uh, their TV would, you know, go on the yeah, fritz yeah. the same time every night and then come back on the same time every night. There were weird phone calls. Somebody would call their phone and, and say, 39, 75, 56, 39, 75, 56. Yeah, one, one, like let's that. play that number. One, man. Okay, I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah. And, and they would see, sometimes they would see cryptids at other times in their life. Mm. He, he found there was a whole, he, he developed a whole series of questions to ask these people. And Barbara, think how, how many investigators through the 60s and 70s had no idea. So they, they'd want people, they'd think, well, I hope you can, uh, you know, solve your missing time dilemma, but have no idea to ask all those other questions right, yes, and get yes. that rich background of what right. they have been experiencing. See, it was almost, a, it was almost a, it was an anecdotal approach, but it's almost a scientific approach, too. You know, let's look at the statistics, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, you saw a UFO. Well, how many people who saw UFOs and reported them saw a cryptid before or after? Boom. You know, how many people's yeah. TVs went crazy? Boom. How many people's telephones went crazy? You mass all that's the data you need to yeah. figure and, and things you out. Yeah, uh, you get relatives, you know, of these mm-hmm. witnesses who didn't know that their, you know, witness had seen a UFO, but, you know, earlier in this person's life, say, aunt so-and-so had a weird thing happen where she went into a trance out of the blue and mm-hmm. started spouting mm. something in another language or had automatic writing happen. I mean, all yeah. this oh, really funny. weird stuff. And even if the UFO investigators of the time got wind of any of this, they hardly ever wrote it down. Right, or if yes. they did, they threw it away immediately right. afterwards because they didn't want to discredit themselves by talking about the woo-woo, creepy, crazy stuff. Right, yes. You know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, I could see that happening. Hey, we're talking about UFOs here. You know, some editor would say, you know, not, you know, cryptids or whatever. Stick to the story. You know, one, please tell the audience about your automatic writing story. Maybe we can do it on a Mac after dark pull up. Yeah, sure. 
And uh, you've seen, you, you might have seen automatic writing portrayed in a really cool way in that movie, Others, with Nicole Kidman. Right. It's basically someone but, sits there uh, with a pen. And, when I was, and when I was dating my, that's right. Yeah. When I was dating my my uh, wife back in the 70s, I, we we went to uh, seances, you know, just for fun. Sometimes we went to the movies, sometimes we went to a seance. So mm-hmm. this time we went to a seance and my wife Eileen's mother was a medium, just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. in the spare time. She yes. walk around okay. portraying that she was a medium, but for close friends, she... So not close friends she was a medium. So yep. okay. she was asked if she could uh, uh, attend the seance and maybe, you know, maybe a, a chance we can uh, reach out to uh, this individual family member. Okay. Not our family, but somebody else's family and see what's going on. So we went there and there was about eight of us there mm. holding hands around this table. And, you know, I'm just kind of new in the organization here. I'm just starting to date my wife and I'm going, I'm looking around and going, okay, I'm cool with this. Yeah, okay. And, and you're still and, married. And I was cool with it, but I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So it was totally by surprise. I see my, my mother, my mother-in-law, her name is Catherine. She's, she goes, you know, she's asking questions, mm. trying to reach out to this person. She, she didn't really know a lot about the person yet, okay. but yes. she was starting to learn it, and then she had some uh, information already. She okay. Was briefed a little. In, what surprised you about this whole session? What that your wife went out with you again on another day? It was, it was totally. Um, she was writing down a piece of paper, all these in, in, intel, unintelligible scribbles, just oh. like okay. circles, yep, yep, ups yep. and downs, and just kind of, and she would be re- talking what she was hearing or what she was interpreting through the scribbles. Okay. Just like in that movie of the others. Yeah, when yeah, I saw yeah, it in the movie, yeah. I went, Eileen, that's what your mother That's was how it's done, yeah. Oh, man, that's it's, strange. And, and she used to do this all the time. So mm. it was a real eye-opener for everybody because she was really talking about things that uh, she wouldn't have known about. Mm-hmm. Nobody briefed her. Right, yeah, and, sure. And it was, it, was, yep. it, was, it was an awakening for me that this kind of... Uh, Technology, if you will, it's kind of a paranormal technology where it actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. In a funny I way. Saw it, I saw it my in front of my eyes. I went, "Wow." Mm. Did you see? Did your mother-in-law, your future mother-in-law, see in the future and see you two getting hitched? Uh, she she kind of predicted us getting hitched, but mm-hmm. uh, she couldn't see too much in the future beyond <laughs> that. I, she's she's passed on now, but I don't think she. It was she dark. Imagine it was dark that after we'd that. Still be married after all this time anyway. since 1975. Listen, you're listening to Mac. <laughs> you're listening to Mac Military X show here in the distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here, and also Bob Richard, who is um, co-host of a, of a podcast called Six Degrees of John Keel. John Kill, very interesting paranormal writer. One of the best, I think, because he's a real journalist. Do you know what I mean? He, he knew the journalistic style, and not a lot of paranormal books follow that. But he knew how to tell a story, you know. And um, anyway, so Barbara, do you want to uh, try out 10 true or false questions about John Keel? See how many you get? Sure, Five, we'll give it a shot. $5,000 uh, prize at the end of if you get them all right. Uh, five <laughs> grand? Right. I don't get paid five oh, grand. <laughs> Switchy will send it to you. All right, here we go. Do you have it, Raven? He will send it to me. Thank okay. God. 
I have it right here. Okay, here we go. All right. <laughs> We've done this already, and it was a huge hit, so um, kind of. <laughs> so anyone that knows the answers, don't say anything, right. okay? We can just start at number 10, and we'll put the music in here. Number All 10. Right. Uh-huh. Number 10. True or false? Keel once published an article titled, Are You a Repressed Sex Fiend? True. True. All right. Hang on. Uh-oh. We better start GoFundMe now. <laughs> <laughs> Number, nine. Number nine. True or false? Keel hated cats so much he invented cat traps, which were essentially very large mouse traps and just as effective. False. Uh oh. <laughs> Please, hurry. He's going to give Switch a run for his money. Uh, number eight. True or false? Keel wrote scripts for the TV show The Monkees. True. He wrote a lot for a lot of shows. I'm just taking a guess on that. But he this wrote is not a, lot good. For a lot of shows. You're in trouble. Think he did. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, see, I said false because I, I knew he'd written for Merv Griffin, Ad Libs, mm-hmm. and uh, Get Smart. Uh, Get Lost Smart. In space and so forth. Yeah, Lost in Space. Yep. So he was in, man. He must have been a kind of rich guy. Uh, that's next... how he made most of his money at yeah, that time. I'm sure. His script work. Yep. Good for him. Uh, number seven. True or false? Keel was the first person to coin the term "men in black." I know he popularized it. I'll say yes. <sighs> True. Oh wow! This is. This I say is five thousand pennies. Interesting. <laughs> he definitely popularized popularized it. But there's a there's a guy. You know Tom Montalone. Yeah. The guy that yes, he claims he claims he was the first one to coin it. When he talked to Keel, mm. some others said no. It was Albert Bender. He talked about Men in Black at the uh, at 1967 convention, but Keel definitely made it. I think he and Gray Barker really popularized yeah, it. So. And then mm. the story about Albert Bender and the visitors at his door, and yeah, you know, the disappearing dime and the dude drinking. Mm. Clorox and yeah. <laughs> okay. He, he was, another show. He was having issues. Bad, okay. bad acid trip. Yeah, I'll say. That's fun. Yeah. A raven. <laughs> um, Clorox. Okay, number six. Yes. True or false. Keel was known. <laughs> True or false. Okay. Keel was known to <laughs> his close friends as Dick Wrangler due to all the poon tang he got over the years. <laughs> I did not write these. <laughs> I did not write these. <laughs> Barbara. I'll say true because it's too funny. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I exactly wow. the same thing. Yeah. But it's, not, it's, it's not true. No, it's not yeah. true. I didn't really think it was true, but I kind of hoped it was because it's right. too funny. Yeah. Saved it's by Dick Wrangler. To be true, yeah. Crazy stuff comes out of Mac's brain. I'm now, wait a minute. Just calm down. That Switch is over. a true statement. Well, that is a true statement. Wow. You're too, too you turning on me, A2, Raven? Next. <laughs> I'm not turning on you. You know exactly who I am as a person. <laughs> Next, please. Uh, Okay, number five. Uh, True or false? Keel wrote a book called Disneyland of the Gods. True. True, yeah, right. And he was pissed off when he wrote it. But I love that title, man. That's the (laughs) best (laughs) title in the world. He He was? He was. He was done with the ultra-terrestrials. Oh, with the whole thing? He was bitter and angry, and... He he'd had enough of their nonsense. Yeah, funny. Okay, I'm surprised. He pretty much that... scolds them by the end of the book. He's just like, 
on a rant about how you know they're all a bunch of liars and horrible creatures and you shouldn't listen to them and yeah he was Uh, done with them uh, basically, I'm surprised that Disney's lawyers, also horrible creatures, didn't come after him with a lawsuit <laughs> the size of... That really. is, yeah. I just kind of wondered about that. To use it in the title, you know, that's bad. I mean, we... we he used- must have found some type of a loophole, though, because, like, knowing Disney... Maybe know. it just didn't sell enough copies for maybe, them to notice. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they didn't even care. I don't know. Listen, I've, but I've told... at the same time, you know, they are well known for having sent lawyers after a oh. children's hospital that painted their characters. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There must exactly. have been some type of a loophole, or I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't think so. I oh. think it's. I think it's. Add a, it to my list of deep dives. We I, used I to. Uh, to do. We used to drink but in a know, bar in Albany, New York. Lonely Larry, Raven's father, and a bunch of us who worked together. And it was a place called Mickey's Mousetrap. It was the best dive bar in the world. It was in the back of a shopping mall. Can you imagine that? You know, underground. And it was great. Great pizza. And the sign was Mickey's Mousetrap. And there was a mouse on the sign that looked kind of like Mickey Mouse. So we'd go there on every Friday. We could, you know, missed a couple weeks. We went down there. And the name of the place is um, Mike's. You know, sand trap or something. And we said, what happened? They said, Disney lawyers came in and said, you got to change everything. Oh, we're going to sue you to from here to the moon. And that's what they do. You know, they protect the brand, but yeah. they're pretty rough about that's it. so crazy. They're pretty rough. Like, so, it's a but, dive bar. What are they making compared to what friggin' Disney is making? Uh, Who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> How about paying the lawyers to go and roam around the country looking for stuff like but, that? And, 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 and taking uh, off. Barbara uh, brought up a good point. Characters uh, in hospital when, walls. When Keel was was uh, fed up with the in quotes ultra terrestrials. Remember Barbara in the Eighth Tower. He talks about how he was embarrassed that standing out at night sometimes he was uh, he was listening to a lot of the channeling that was coming through these contactees. Mm-hmm. And we know from the big breakthrough and the big blackout, he was buying a lot of it for time. But then he got. I can see how he got so fed up and the deception, the normal deception that comes through seances, Ouija mm-hmm. boards, and channeling. So that's that's a really good point. Yeah, that, and that's pretty much what he was, you know, ranting about mm-hmm. in most of Disneyland of the Gods. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just that Disney hasn't noticed that. Yeah, we maybe. Stop saying but, it. Um, that's right. Because they they might notice. Oh, I, I won't hashtag Disney in this. No, please don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. Jesus Christ! <laughs> don't do that. Okay, next, Raven. Oh please. my God! Can you imagine? Um, next. Okay, number four. True or false? Keel was a lifelong resident of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. False. Okay, man. Good thing we had that one. Uh, he was actually six. born in Hornell, New York, which is not far the, from me. Yeah. yeah. He, he lived That's on the very west. Very interesting. Upper West Side. And then he lived in New York City. Upper West Side. The rest of his life. Right. Upper West Side, which is a very, I looked it up because very, I had very... to know. He's also an Aries. Oh, that much. Oh, I, I just of, had to know. A lot of them up um, in the Upper West Side. Next, please. Right. <laughs> Number three, true or false? Kiel's bones are buried in your backyard. Oh, false. Oh, I was really no, They're in switches. Where are we going to find them? See, I knew guy. they were with, with Steve, so I okay, didn't bother. Okay. Steve, she ratted you out. You said false to that. Next. You lied to us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, true or false? Keel was first cousins with Hollywood actor and star of the TV series Dallas, Howard Keel. Oh, wow, that's interesting. False, I think, but it would be so cool if it was true. Yeah, it's false. 
Yeah. Especially since Howard Keel was in Day of the Triffids. Yeah, was he really? See, that would have been so cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, Who knows? Maybe they were cousins. The girl was in Day of the Triffids. I can't think of her name. I met her at the Monster Bash a few years ago. Oh. Very nice lady. Hmm. But you can't remember her name? No, I, I, I can't at the moment. Was it Yvette Mimu? He's, he's trying to throw name throw a name around that he can't remember. <laughs> name drop. Okay, so how... happens when we get older. It just freaking yeah. happens. Wow, switch, huh? Uh, so uh, why don't we go... Uh, now, number one, we're going to have to reinterpret number, number one, yep. right? One more. Uh, <laughs> this is true or false? I mean, on... this, this may or may not apply. This right. was written for Steve. Uh, or switchy, I should say. Uh, true or false? Your cat, I mean, you might have a cat named Keel. Your cat named Keel appears in your dreams every night, telling you to, quote unquote, lose those other two cats or else. <laughs> False cats tend I, to hang together. I, I told now, it was a dog. <laughs> if it was a dog that they were trying to get rid of. Oh, that that's how I should put this. Okay. Don't have I told it was basically true, but he said, belief is the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's yep. right. Um, uh, you guys both did a really great job on that. Yeah, yeah, really. Listen, we're going to take a break now, Bob. Can you hang with us for a little while? Sure. Okay, sure. all right. Why don't we uh, take a push break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Sound Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here. Bob and Richard from uh, Six Degrees of John Keel is with us. We'll be right back. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. All of our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Sound Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we've had for you tonight. Girls, you know he's here, the very famous one. Hello, girls. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and all ships at sea. Welcome back to the Mac Maloney's Military X-Files Show. No Coco tonight. Still out there flying around, doing stuff. <laughs> he sent me a message the other day. I'm still trying to interpret it with the Rosetta Stone. You know what I mean? Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, here is our the Coco de, the Coco decoder ring. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Coco graphics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a three sentence message, and there are more numbers in it than letters. You know what I mean? How military people can anyway. Yep. Coco. He ran know? it through the cryptograph machine, and he he, he outputted <laughs> yeah. the crypto part of it rather than the right the plain English twice backwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. It didn't say drink your Ovaltine, did it? Uh, so probably. Could have. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I loved Ovaltine. With the Dakota ring? Yeah. yeah, I have one of those. That was 90% sugar there, Monty. Anyway. Um, That's why well, I liked it. Down there in Scrambled Eggs. Bosco. 
West Virginia. I love Bosco. I had a thing for Bosco when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. Uh, great to be here. Switch, would you, would you want us to call you Steve from now on? Are you happy? Can you? I, I'm I'm very happy. You can call me Switch, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Switch, you know. don't call me. Uh, yeah, uh, late for dinner. Come on. <laughs> you got to jump on those <laughs> And things. nobody's sweetheart. I have a great nickname for Switchy. I can't say it on air, though. It's filthy. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Uh, uh, security chief Willie Club is here with us. Hey Mac, no. Hey gang, yeah. Please, by all means, Pretty heavy stuff tonight. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you yeah, going to be okay if we have to edit something out here coming up from Ravens? Well, sometime you want to keep that in. You know, she's got some pretty uh, good thoughts that we ought to, you know, get out in the uh, with the public. Thank you, Club. You get yeah. it. Well, I do. Raven, I do. Raven, wow. just write it down. Write a piece down of paper. Hold it up and us. hold it up so we can read it. No, hang on. Uh, that voice you hear is, uh, oh, Al Ronaldo here in the studio with us. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Um, UFO mechanic and getaway driver. There you go. Right, same drill tonight. Uh, Raven is with us, though, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. By the time we introduce everyone, it'll be time to go. Raven, how you doing? Oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> First pun of the 2023. Now, also, our uh, guest... Amazingly, staying with us, Barbara Fisher. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Does, does the against uh, all odds, Barbara Fisher is hey, staying with us? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> um, not that hard. Six it's degrees hard. of. Oh boy. Uh, I don't on. think I spelled the second word right because I'm not a hundred percent. Hey, everybody's okay. that. Baby, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you've had it, you, <laughs> you know. What you does know. that even mean? Barbara knows all about that place. That's, she that's about Switchy's that place. new nickname. Eons <laughs> before I did. Yes, wow. I did. Wow. TBB, we'll just yeah, say. Something, let's just say, because we're a radio show. Uh, Barbara TBB. is the uh, co-host of Six Degrees of John <laughs> Keel podcast, uh, which has got to be crazy. So, uh, But we were talking about how um, early before how uh, Raven – has a new nickname for Switch, and someone suggests she hold it up to the camera, and we just did, and three of us fainted. But what did that say again? Please put it up there again, Raven. Here, I'll put it. I'll put it up for okay. our radio show. I'm sorry, I have really bad handwriting, and I'm illiterate, so I can't spell most things. Yeah, you sort of spelled the middle word a little strange. Yeah, but you know what? Tuna biscuit you works. The, you get the thought across. Yeah, what's I, th- I was hoping. What's a tuna biscuit? Tuna biscuit. Oh, the, the tutor oh. that he had his brunch biscuits at. Biscuits and gravy. Okay. Biscuits and gravy. It's, it's why. Oh, that's West what you Virginia call it. Tuna? Is like number three in obesity. A t- a t- um, <laughs> tuna biscuit. Chain that's tuna only biscuit. in West Virginia and parts of Ohio, and I think there's one in Pennsylvania. Real, yeah. And oh, oh, I went tutus, to the original one. I, it. It started in Charleston. Okay. And they have <laughs> biscuits as big as cats' heads. Yes. And oh. they make sandwiches out of them, or mm, yeah. they put biscuits and gravy, which oh. is just God's gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, see, we, we have to do a search but up here in the window. That's why we're all chubby in West Virginia. It just <laughs> I, is. I, I, see, I, I thought. them as one third the size of Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's serious food. They also do uh, beans and cornbread, which is the other West oh, Virginia yeah. food. Mm, I love cornbread, man. That's one of those oh. things I could just keep eating. Hey, Switchy, I thought the name of that place was Tudas, like T O O T E R S. No. no. Oh, t- that's, <laughs> he sounds just like my husband. 
who's who's who the first time he came to visit me, I still lived in Charleston, and we told them, you'll know you're there because you see Tudor's Biscuit World and you take a right, mm. and then you take another left, and then there you are, you're at the house. And he thought it was T O O T E R S. Yeah, yeah, who wouldn't? Because <laughs> he didn't think it was, you know, like Henry Tudor, the uh, you know, Tudor monarch mansions. of England, yeah, who yeah, kept yeah, cutting yeah. ladies' heads off. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't well, thinking that. Yeah, it is West Virginia. Doing that. Any, yeah. re- any restaurant with the name Tudor's in mm. it, you know, it's going to be. It sounds like a strip club, Cassie, You know, it's just like <laughs> too many beans. Really uh, oh, well, that, you want to go that When Switch okay. had mentioned, you know, why a while back, the first time he had gone to Tudor's, I was thinking the the what did I spell it? T U D R T U D O R S. Yes. I'm doing a lot of spelling this episode. It is not working out well. <laughs> Go ahead. And then I found them on on social media, and I was like, okay, yeah, like this is basically what I was picturing in my head. Yeah, yeah, which is very really. But but see, up in up here, we're, we're we're up in New England, or you know, most of us are, and you can't. There is no place. Uh, Denny's used to have uh, biscuits and gravy, okay, like the kind of generalized biscuits yeah. and gravy, yeah, but not like kind of homemade and stuff. And you cannot. There's no place around here. Someone told me one place, but what it's about, closed. What about the Cracker Barrel? Where's a Cracker Ew. Barrel around where? Let's see that. Should. And uh, if you have <laughs> Bob has, Evans up there, no, no, no. but it has to be oh, kind of homemade. You know what I mean? No. It has it's to be Chelmsford. I think there's a Cracker Barrel. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Right. Mac, I just be... Mac Farmer's Kitchen had it. Uh, Did it they wasn't really on the menu? It was like a he had like the secret menu. Yeah, yeah. At uh, for me and for a few other regular guests. Oh, really? Yeah. Can, I in, uh, can I go in? Can I go and use your name? <laughs> yeah, when I lived in New, New England, they had a place called Bickford's. Oh it's yeah, Bickford's I'm Pancake so House. So sad. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we still have one. Is there one? You one? still have one? Yeah, in Burlington. Yeah. Is it, yeah. is it a good place for breakfast? Still? It is. Yeah, yeah, I go there. Okay, that's good to know. Pancake houses. I, I was sad great. when they all left yeah. uh, Rhode where, Island when I went back to visit. Where in New England did you live? I lived in Providence. Really? Providence, Rhode Island. Were you? Did you yeah, live? Yeah, I was at culinary school there. Oh, so. did, you, did you live on Federal Hill? Yeah. Did you live near Federal Hill? No, I didn't live near Federal Hill, but you didn't have to live near it because yeah, it's not, it's Providence. It's tiny. Yeah, like Rhode Island is so small, you can like turn around and reach out of your closet and be in Connecticut. Yeah, see, or, yeah, but they have a Navy base there, and I was that stuff happens to everybody. That's that's why my aunt and and uncle got married. So that's how my Rhode Island aunt came mm. to West Virginia to live, and then got the most amazing accent out of it. That. Really? It's amazing because she she had the Rhode Island accent where you talk like that. Yeah. You, you know, there's a, a grocery store called Shaw's and she'd say Shaw's like that. <laughs> yes. You know, and her, her husband's name was George. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. She'd yeah. say that, but then she was there for like 50 years and she got this West Virginia drawl at the end. Really? Oh, wow. And huh. it was the most amazing voice. And I can't really do it right. Hmm. It's, Unless I've been around her enough for it to catch, yeah, like, she had the most amazing. Way it's like uh, breeding two dogs together, a canoodle to yeah. uh, something, yeah. right? Yeah, okay, have a different thing. Yeah, well, well interesting. <laughs> okay, I should just put in that Federal Hill is known to have mafia people living there. Yeah. Ray Patriarch. <laughs> that was the joke, right? Okay, all right. So anyway, so uh, your podcast, and you do this with your daughter, Barbara, right? Your podcast, Six yeah. Degrees of yeah. John Kill. My thirty-three-year-old daughter. Oh, really? Okay, and where is she tonight? She's. Uh, to tonight, she is probably fishing. Um, she just graduated with her 
bachelor's degree in history, and she's going into grad school for library science. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. 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 She didn't know that library science was going to require a shotgun, but if she goes (laughs) to, you know, work in Florida, it probably will. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But she's happy with that. She grew up a redneck, so she, you know, she's like, I will. (laughs) I will protect the books. Good idea. Yes. (laughs) Got to protect those books. I saw. I, yeah, I can't say. Maybe we said this at the party. Someone said, you know, until some transvestite walks into a library and kills eight kids by beating them with a copy of "To Kill a Mockingbird," oh. you, Wanda right? Sykes. You, you're Wanda uh, Sykes. until a drag queen goes in. And yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. To death with a Wanda book, Sykes. They're not the problem. She said it in, right. in one <laughs> sentence. One sentence. So let, let me just say the sentence. Are you? Do you guys know the sentence? I don't know it perfectly. Raven, do you know it? Yeah. Here, let's the tap phrase dance. Pays? I can, I yeah, can this will be the phrase that pays. pays. The right. phrase that pays is Friday. The phrase that pays. Let me literally look this up on Instagram right now. She's a funny, you, you know, guys- I, I've seen her, at, you know, I've seen her comedy bits and she's funny. She used to be on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm a lot and she, she's a funny comedian. But boy, this, this, uh, the days, these days, she puts it all in the caps. We might have to cut this up. We might, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm going back into my archive because apparently I post so much on Instagram, right. which is funny because I really don't. But oh, I was posting about yellow jackets. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Uh-oh. I'm trying to uh, tap Listen dance to, around what I'm doing here. Listening to Mac Maloney's Millatracks Now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. <laughs> sorry, yellow jackets got me messed up the other night. Oh I, my god! I have goodness. a question for Barbara. Uh-huh. If we have a moment, yeah, please. Sure. Yeah, the uh, Barbara, tell us a little bit about the artwork you do for all your shows, which is quite uh, spectacular, I would say. I, you know, I started out with doing a lot of mixed media collages um, and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, acrylic art, but I also do watercolors and I basically take what the episode's about Mm -hmm. and then try to put it into visual form. But now I also do digital art, so I just have a lot of fun with it at were this you, point. And, were you trained uh, as an artist? Or did you, you know, that means that I have stacks and stacks of paintings. But yeah. <laughs> did you did you train as an artist? Did you go to school, or did you want? Uh, no, is, yeah, no. I'm self taught with art. That's, I have a degree in writing and a degree in culinary arts. Oh so. wow, culinary! Oh okay, writing. Yes, forget about it. But I like the uh, culinary art stuff. Raven, you have the quote? Please I found read. it. Here we go. And then I have a question for Barbara. Um, but yeah, the quote is, until a drag queen walks into a school and beats eight kids to death with a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird, I think we're focusing on the wrong shit. Boom, boom. You ain't kidding. Legend. So, yeah, yeah. So, she threw she threw the mic down. She yeah, didn't that's drop great. It. She threw it down yep. after that. So Barbara, yep. if you so you have a degree in culinary arts, which is cooking. Yes, I do. So if you had what what meal would you make? Your ultimate ultimate and question. don't say like you know ostrich eggs over you know what would something that people would eat. What would I make that people would eat? Like well, a dinner, I like make, make us. Oh, that I would make you guys. I do a lot of really good curry, and even if people mm. think they don't like curry, they do like curry. Yeah, tastes like do. dirt. Tastes you have like to dirt. Try it. 
It is so good. It tastes like dirt from uh, I used to cook for a family from Pakistan and Bangladesh. So I I know my curry. And uh, it's so much fun to introduce it to people, especially the kinds of things that you're not going to get in the restaurants in America. Yeah, but doesn't it taste like dirt? I mean, let's be real about it. It tastes (laughs) like dirt. It doesn't. It's so good. It doesn't. Unless they make it completely wrong, which is possible. Yeah, it is so. Good. I mean, if you dump curry powder in something, it's not gonna okay. be great. Yeah. Especially so next, if it's been in your cabinet. What would be the second meal? Years. What would you make us for for lunch? What would I make you for lunch? Oh, well, let's see. Probably something easy and 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 light. Uh, Bologna sandwiches, beans and cornbread, and fried potatoes oh, with yeah. onions and mushrooms. Oh, you know, that was my favorite. Okay. Ramps with ramps in it. Oh, we'll right. go all West Virginia old school and put ramps in it. Have you ever gone to Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, for yeah, yeah. it's all over the place. Wow, all right. So tell what what's your opinion of Dunkin' Donuts? Because we talk about them all the time on the show. They're okay. Mm. I mean, they're not they're not my favorite. Not but what they my used favorite to be. doesn't exist in the United States anymore, which was Mr. Donut. And now they're just oh, yeah. in oh, yeah, Japan yeah, and yeah. China. Yeah, they were all over and China and Japan, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they moved. But but so but, that's too far for me to go to yeah. get a damn donut. So I don't. But Dunkin' Donuts has <laughs> changed over the years. They used to have great coffee. They'd have tons of donuts that people buy, and now they have shitty coffee. And they have like six favorite, you know, favorite donuts a day. And they don't even like the plain donut or the chocolate. You know, it's it's stupid. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they want no, to. That's not cool. They want to be like McDonald's and give people breakfast in the morning. You know, fast breakfast they do, and these drinks. That have like you know all they are are caffeine. It's like insane. I wish it was yeah. just a donut shop when they yeah. made uh, time the to get time are, to make the donuts. Right, know? donuts and coffee. Yeah. The drinks are donuts. definitely out of control because I will say I, I'm not a fan of McDonald's, but their coffee is really good. Is it? Yeah, you said that before. Dunk's yeah. coffee has been slipping. I, I think but Dunk's coffee had, tastes burnt to me. We we were down in PA the other day. And I made it my point to stop at Krispy Kreme because I really like oh, their donuts. Remember them? And yeah. I, their donuts are beautiful. So good. Yep. And I, I, you know, I was driving, so I was like, I really need a coffee. So I just got like a a nice coffee, just got a black and uh, got Mr. Raven a coffee. Their their coffee is not good at all. No. I hate oh, to yeah. say no. it. It is really bad. No, that's I was funny. Like, I can understand that. I'm like, I, I could have made better coffee in my Keurig, but I will say the donuts <laughs> Yeah, I good. Yeah, hey, so hey, good. yes. Switch. You have a question. I had two questions for Barbara. This might uh, take us off the exit ramp back on, but you know, uh, I wonder what what is. Do you have a favorite John Keel book, and do you have a favorite non John Keel book? I know you're a voracious reader. We've we've had many discussions on your show about all kinds of books. Can you pick maybe maybe you can't pick the favorite, but maybe one of the favorites. Okay. So my favorite John Keel by far is actually two books, but they were supposed to be one book. And it's The Mothman Prophecies and The Eighth Tower. The Eighth Tower is everything that the editor said, oh, my God, take that out of the book because it messes up the storyline. So it's all of the backstory and his theories about what paranormal slash UFO slash aliens is actually all about yeah yeah so you read one and then you read the other but in truth they actually were supposed to be one large book 
and right. and that's my favorite John Keel. What's the title again? Okay, so the first one's Mothman Prophecies, yep. and the second one is The Eighth Tower. Yeah, Mothman Prophecies are, is a really good, and just happens to be the first paranormal book I happen to read. But it's the it as you said before, it's it's the if you're going to read your first paranormal book, that's the one to do it because he's a good writer, good journalist. Juan Juan has his hand up. Looks like he yeah. didn't answer my other question. Okay, non John Keel book. Non oh non John Keel book. Okay, I'm going to split it into two. Okay. okay. My old non-John Keel book that is my favorite is Jacques Vallée's Passport to Magonia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a, a bloody masterwork. Yep. Um, it really is where the idea of uh, extraterrestrials and the fey folk and the, the creatures of folklore that are fey-like, like jinn yes. and, uh, you know, uh, demons and angels all of that that's where it came from mm -hmm. and it was expanded on keel said you know they act a lot like fairies but he didn't go into all of the old folklore and dig right. around yes, yes. like uh valet did and make those connections explicit and then the new one would have to be ecology of souls by josh kutchen uh, yeah. now i'm i'm biased because i edited the book for him oh, and wow. it's two books again <laughs> it's two volumes but he takes the idea of the paranormal and death and does for it what Valet did for fairies mm. and UFOs. Mm. Okay. So he gets all of those connections and throws them together and makes it readable. All three of them are really good writers. Bob, I, was, I thought you were going to say War of Dragons by Mac Maloney would be the second book, but that's okay. <laughs> Juan Juan is raising sorry, his sorry hand. Sorry to interrupt. Barbara, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. Episode everywhere. 112, Contacting Fairies with Octavian Graves. Yeah. Uh, I like to hear that show. The artwork is amazing. Do you ever thought of having a gallery of your artwork? Uh, you know, like Online? Yeah. Well, not I'm, just I'm, online, but in, in, a, in a studio someplace. In a, I've you know. done gallery shows. Mm. Um, I've yeah. done public shows here at the library. Mm. I've sold several paintings. Um, nice. I've been in group shows and, and single shows. Um, I don't... think I am going to start uh, selling prints, though. I think I've figured out yes. where I want to have them printed and how I'll have them shipped. So uh, let me direct you to uh, the Almond Brothers album, Eat a Peach. If you open the gatefold, uh, okay. I don't know if I can do this. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. Um, the Yada similar. Is what my God, he has the album ready to go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. That's uh, your style. Should we say about He's showing a uh, insider for you, the radio listeners. He's showing a uh, inside of an Almond Brothers album. Looks like or crazy hippie stuff to, to me. Six degrees oh, of John yeah. Keel on, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can see it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, nice. We have two minutes to go. So, Bob, I'm going to ask you one question. Okay. Do you think Keel believed everything he wrote? Keel? No. Really? No. His maxim was belief is the enemy. And the reason he, he said that was because the – Paranormal phenomena, once you start chasing it around and really thinking about it and really investigating it, will start chasing you around and investigating you mm. and listening to you. And it, it makes you paranoid and it makes you a little bit crazy. And I can say this from my own experience. This is true. Okay. 
Um, but what he found was, is if he came up with a new theory and didn't tell anyone about it, mm-hmm. the phenomena would start proving that theory to be correct yeah, yeah, yeah. by influencing other people. And, and they would come to him with stories that fit his narrative. Yes. So then he'd say, okay, fine. I'm not going to make up new you know, theories, but you can't walk around and not make up new theories if you're dealing with things that have no logical, sensible reason. Right. You Explanation. Know, it, yep. This stuff doesn't make sense from yeah. a materialist Western standpoint. So he did not believe in belief. He thought belief was a bad idea. Hmm. And so he he just tried to take the facts and then not pin it into one theory because right. it would just prove it and disprove it to him over and over again. So I have two rings that I wear. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both engraved. And the one that I re- wear on the top of my finger says, the truth is out there. Mm-hmm. And no, it says, I want to believe. And then on the inside, it says, the truth is out there. And then the next one says... Belief is the enemy. So it's hmm. I want to believe and belief is the enemy. Well, I can tell you by personal experience, my belief in the Boston Celtics was the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, leave them laughing. Yeah. Why don't we, Bob, we want to thank you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just had a good good summation of yes. what, what Barbara just said. Barbara, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Your podcast, Six Degrees of John Kill, sounds really fascinating. And, um, uh, and it can be found everywhere, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much. And you're an artist as well and a culinary expert, which is interesting. So mac and cheese, yes, yes and no. Would you would do you make mac and cheese? Oh yeah. Do you, yeah, yeah, right. Put a lot of salt yeah, in it. Yeah, from scratch. Yeah, it's yeah, good. from scratch. She's a tastes, Jill of all trades. If you do yes. it from scratch, it's really good. Barbara, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Come back soon sometime, okay? All right. Take care. Mm-hmm. One more thing I must must say. Go ahead. If you go back in her archives, you will hear my golden tones a couple times. Mm-hmm. And oh, if you yes. go back in my archives, you will hear her golden tones uh-huh. like, uh, one, at least once. The, the whole golden gang was there tones. that time. I yes. love it. <laughs> yeah. Golden tones. I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Switchy. Uh, That's some uh, good cross-pollination right there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks. I'm going to say, yeah. Uh, factors. I, I, I do Both to uh, Uncle Al. You ready to go there? Go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay. Uh, I'm ready to pack All right, up. here we go. Um, probably uh, French fries and... Uh, just the fries? You yeah, yeah, just the fries. <laughs> okay. Order my usual large uh, cheeseburger, medium. I'd love well, to, but I couldn't go to sleep. I wouldn't be able to go sleep for three days if I ate the stuff you ate. Ship it across the ocean. Okay, here we go. Uh, so uh, uh, thank you, Al, for joining us tonight. We appreciate Any, it. Anytime. Okay. Um, thank you, uh, Club. Club, thank you, Club. For joining us. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed tonight. And very informative. Some, some color in your face. <laughs> yeah, from oh, your uh, sun in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. We're thinking of putting a dome <laughs> well, over that deck. deck. Call it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Switch. This is your big night, John Kilnight. You're Obi Wan. That's right. I'm beside myself. So okay. it was a good. Night. Calling right now. Well, okay. Thank you, Switch, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Juan Juan, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Across the puddle. My pleasure. Raven, thank you for joining us. Raven. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Okay. Will you be around tomorrow so I can message you? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. 
And uh, once again, thank you, Bob Rich, for joining us. Six degrees of uh, John Keel. And um, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, no, I'll take it with me. Yeah. Let's figure out how to get rid of the big hands. Um, and I just want to say Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is an organization that builds homes for uh, veterans in uh, post 9 11 combat. That is the Iraqi war and also, also in Afghanistan. And these are people who came home missing a limb or having some kind of really significant injury. And what Homes for Our Troops does is build homes that are adapted to them. So that, in other words, not a lot of stairs, low counter space, things like that, wider doorways, uh, just so they can live a, uh, I hate to say this, but like a more normal life. And uh, then when the house is completed, Homes for Our Troops rips up the mortgage, gives them the keys. It's their house for free. They can go out and uh, in the workforce, and they don't have to worry about you know, a mortgage hanging over their head. So Homes for Our Troops, please Google them. 90 cents on your charity dollar goes right to our veterans. We went to, Lois and I went to a event a few weeks ago down in Massapoit, Massachusetts, down near the Cape. It was beautiful. It was just really, really patriotic. And um, they gave a house to a woman who, um, a 33-year-old Army warrant officer, whose uh, legs had to be amputated after two tours in Afghanistan. And this is what they do. They've built about 350 of these houses. They're really beautiful houses. But the trouble is is that um, they have 1,000 people on the waiting list. So please go to Homes for Our Troops, Google them, see what they're about. Great bunch of people. And uh, that's it, I think. Lonnie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So this is Max. Let's for bring the, the train into the station. There you go. We're ready to roll. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, uh, sorry hang about that. Put that up there. This is a uh, – sorry, Barbara. This is what we have to go through. Oh, that's Thank okay. You. Let's see. What's that naked picture up there? No, we want a train crash switching. I, I know. I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm look, that was a John Keel. Wow. Maybe we don't have to put the picture up. Barbara, your artwork is amazing. I've been looking at I'm, oh, thank I'm fascinated you. by it. Have you ever thought of uh, doing, doing some artwork for uh, album covers? Oh, wow. I've had you know, suggestions uh, of that. I don't know how one gets into that gig, but uh, yeah, Mac, I've thought about Mac, it. Can you help her out with that? Yeah, just send them. Uh, yeah, yes. If you somehow we'll get in touch with each other because I, I I know people in that business. Hey, club, did I say goodnight to you? I can't remember back then. You did, but you can always say goodnight again. Goodnight, club. Do you have any donuts? Yeah. Do you have Dunkin' goodnight Donuts? Goodnight is tonight? always good, you know. Goodnight, yes. club. Nighty night. Okay. Nighty night. All right. So, go have your uh, three you know, musketeers or whatever you had. Yeah. He, he never says goodnight to me twice. No, <laughs> once is enough for you. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> On that so note, fresh. this is Mac for the entire gang saying, and see you next time. Be safe, be happy, and bye bye.